podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined by a very special guest. And the reason why he's a special guest, even though this is his regular show, is because we've searched far and wide and don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we found an FPL manager that got a green arrow in game week 11. And it is, of course, Mark, the FPL general. I, can't, I, d- I don't think I've come across anybody else who's got a green arrow after that absolute horror show. So, um, yeah, esteemed company today, even more so than usual. How are you getting on? Yeah, there's not too many of us around this week feeling feeling probably more fortunate than ever, uh, FPL-wise, because what a cat- catastrophic game week. You know, I've been playing... I've been playing this game basically my whole life and I do not remember. I've been thinking long and hard about this, but I do not remember a game like this. Managers are scoring, you know, teams that manage to score 10 and 11 points. I just, I don't know how it's even possible. You, you really couldn't do that if you tried. You know, some people set up mini leagues for a bit of fun where they try and score, you know, the lowest points in a game week, wins <laughs> prizes and stuff like that. But I'm sure even in those leagues, it's very hard to score 10 or 11 points in a game week. So, I was I was actually very close to wildcarding last week, as I am most weeks, to be fair. I need to get this wildcard played so I can stop talking about it because I'm sure people are sick of me saying the word wildcard. But I dodged a bullet because I definitely would have sold Anthony Gordon and Jared Bowen on the wildcard. And basically, those are the guys who got me the green arrow. So uh, feeling very fortunate. And again, just that little bit of extra patience actually played out in my favour this week. So uh, I did sell Trippier though, so there's, it wasn't all good. But yeah, feeling feeling good to just get a green arrow, get out of there, and hopefully give me 12 is better for everyone. Mm. Very much smash and grab for yourself. And in a way, you didn't need to actually do all that much, as you say there. Just two players really are the reason you got the green arrow. Um, and you can just be grateful for it, I guess. Um, you know, And just sort of continue with that patient approach, which is nice. And just flipping it around to those of you who have had a bad game week. So I got a red arrow, but it wasn't very big. So even though I only scored about 25 points or something uh, nuts, I can't actually remember off the top of my head how much it is because I stopped sort of paying attention, uh, if I'm being completely honest. (laughs) By like Sunday afternoon, I was like, I'm just going to, I'll see what things are um, on Tuesday when I, you know, start planning for this. In fact, I even like went to bed, get this right, before the full-time whistle in the Chelsea game because I was just tired <laughs> and I didn't even find out what the score was until this, until this morning because I was just that disengaged and that's what I needed to get through the end of that game week. But then when I looked at it in more detail, and as I said, hopefully this is of use to other people who've perhaps had a similar game week, um, the damage wasn't that bad because everybody else had a, had a shocker. So I think the average was something like 27. So my red arrow is about, uh, I think it's about 40k places, which going from 72k to 112k, actually isn't that bad. I can probably get back up again without too much effort. So hopefully, hopefully, if you're in a red arrow situation, it's not huge. And maybe take a leaf out of my book and go to bed. Just go to bed before the end of the game rather than sitting there stressing about getting your points from your players. So yeah, what what a week. What a week. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of... Um... A lot of Tottenham fans were were in bed around the same time as you, and, and as well as I think any Romero and Udogi owners certainly took an early night last night as well, and, and are probably still asleep. To be fair, they probably sleep for forty eight hours after that <laughs> after that game on Monday night. So, uh, yeah, catastrophic, crazy, bonkers, and again, probably just a reminder to all of us that uh, there's a crazy amount of luck and variance in this game, and not to get too downbeat when things like this happen because. 
People say it all the time, but sometimes you do just have to laugh because it is comical what what happened at the weekend. You know, just player after player. As an FPL manager, you're always just waiting for the next game. You think, right, I've got two players here. Things will get better. I've got three players here. I know a lot of people went into Tottenham on, on Monday night with, you know, Son Madison and Poro and thinking, right, this is going to be fine. Or or maybe Udogi, you know, at least some something will be salvaged here. And it was unbelievable, you know. Get players getting minus fours on on the Monday night game. It was just nuts. And then it some so, you know summed up the game week perfectly by by Nicholas Jackson getting a hat trick that uh, that just summed up game week eleven. That's the thing that made me laugh the most. I I, I woke up this morning. I was like, he scored a hat trick. What? <laughs> After the season he's had and the fact that we all owned him from what was it like game week seven? No, from about game week three to about game week seven or eight. Wow. You just the thing is. I feel like twas ever thus, though, in that, yeah, fine, I can't think of a game week uh, that was quite as bad as this in terms of comical timing. It's almost like, you know, that Simpsons meme where it's like, stop, stop, he's already dead. It was like that bad. However, there is usually one of these game weeks every season. There's always one that is just ridiculously comical and farcical in the way that everything goes wrong for basically everybody and I guess we were kind of owed this and I almost feel like I may have jinxed it because I've been saying for weeks actually I feel like FPL's kind of going okay right now the people who go without this big player are doing okay because the big player that they do have is doing fine and you know there's lots of different variation between teams I think I jinxed it I think I said everything's going fine and dandy and that's why we got this game week so but but as I said we get one every year so at least we've got it out of the way and it's not even just the the lack of points. It's it's all the flags as well. You know, I've got Cash, Madison. You know, Haaland's got a flag. He's probably <laughs> fine, but you know, others then have suspensions to Romero and Udogi. Van de Ven's injured, and, and there's a few others out there as well. So you know, a lot of halftime substitutions um, as well. With you know, even Flecken. So yeah, it's been a, it's been absolutely crazy. Yeah. Well, hopefully, as I said, it's out of the way, and we can get back to more normal FPL action this weekend. And uh, before we uh, jump into uh, some details of how myself and Mark are going to try and do that in game week 12, uh, just a quick reminder, of course, that you uh, can still get 20% off your fantasy football scout membership if you are flagging in a part of the overall rankings which you're not particularly happy with. Um, and you want a little bit more information and some fully interactive Opta-powered tools and tables to help you uh, come back from a bad game week, then the membership area is going to be very, very helpful for that. Still got a few days until the game week 12 deadline, so get it sorted now. Spend a few days having a look at some pieces of information. Hopefully it will help you out for game week 12. But yes, as promised, here are our teams for game week 11. We'll start with Mark, of course. Uh, 35 points, um, which actually is the the dizzy height of 35 points, I should say. Uh, Johnston, Cash, uh, Gabriel, Simicast is the back four. Gordon, Madison, Salah, Bowen as your midfield. Alvarez, Captain Harland and Watkins up front with Turner, Bayer, Gusto and Nakamba on the bench. And I make it it returns, I think, from three players. Have I got that right? Yeah, three players, and it was enough. I think I went up 100k. I was a 540k, and it's now I think 430k. So 110k green arrow, which is nuts, from three returns and just 35 points. Could have been even better if I was. I talk about patience all the time, um, and I I, I, I sold Trippier for Shimakas, and I've been kind of been. I like to reflect on you know the def- decision making process, and and I feel like I'm 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 a little bit annoyed with myself for doing it but I, I still think if I go back there I probably wouldn't have done it again you know I, I I think I dropped about 300k last week and I was close to wild card and 
got to the end of the week, didn't wild card. And, and I, th- I, f- I felt like it's almost like when you have a bad week, you feel like you need to do something. You need to get the screwdriver out and, and tighten the bolt somewhere. But um, I ended up actually just loosening a bolt in my defence, I think, <laughs> by losing Trippier. So, you know, the thought process was Trippier had Arsenal. I expected Arsenal to score. The couple of tricky fixtures coming up for Newcastle. I thought Shimakas was a gift in the game. Uh, looked pretty secure for minutes. You know, always a chance. You know, Klopp did say a few weeks ago he can't play every game. And that's been ringing in my head ever since, you know, he was benched at the weekend because I'm thinking, right, there was information there that Gomez could play. Uh, and and Klopp made that very clear to us. So there's a bit of pain there. But again, it, it all just unraveled. You know, Newcastle keep a clean sheet. Trippier gets bonus. Schimakis doesn't play. Liverpool don't keep a clean sheet anyway. So it, it just went as bad as it could have went. And now Trippier has Bournemouth. And I'm thinking, an extra transfer, Trippier with Bournemouth. Maybe I should have... And you know what? One thing I usually do on a Friday is refer to my kind of list of golden rules and strategy. And the one that's in there is roll a transfer as often as possible. And I didn't look at it last week, uh, maybe because I was on tilt. And maybe if I did look at it, maybe Trippier would have survived. But again... I think I would have did it if I was back there again on Friday. I was, I was kind of, I had Schimmickers up there as kind of one of the must-have picks, and I know a lot of wildcarders went for him. And just when he had the Luton fixture, and when Trippier had Arsenal, I felt like it was an okay time to free up the funds, unlo- unlock the Trippier cash. And the way I was thinking as well was, if I got to this week and I needed to unlock the Trippier funds, I would have found it found it really difficult to sell him ahead of Bournemouth. So I said, right, it's actually easier to sell him before Arsenal. I'm not expecting much, and then I've got the cash next week. You know, I've got 2.1 million in the bank now, uh, which is going to be handy for, you know, maybe a Saka or something like that, or maybe even a Youngman's son. So, it didn't it didn't go too well in in game week 11, but the funds are unlocked now, and that is going to help me hopefully with some, you know, midfield or forward transfers. Hmm. Yeah, the trippier situation is. I, I I don't think you can punish yourself too much on that because he. It, 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 just made a lot of sense for either to move away from him um, or so I actually had a load of questions on the deadline stream people were torn between like who to bench for example uh, and quite often Trippier was involved in a list of three or four players that they they needed to bench one or maybe bench two of them and compared to the options out there like Trippier felt even benchable in that one compared to like say a Gordon uh, there was a lot of people you know who had loads of Newcastle players but didn't want to start both of them against Arsenal my advice for those people was start Gordon which worked out obviously he got something um you know uh but yeah certainly it, it's it's annoying uh when those things go wrong but at the same time you know you obviously know how to look back and go hey i, I i'm happy with the decision making process there um and hopefully in in the longer term it's gonna it's gonna help you out with that yeah and i still think i still think shimakas is probably fine um obviously there's there is concern there now we've we've got the evidence that he, he can miss games um all eyes on minutes in europe this week which hopefully will help us but it's brentford next at home for liverpool so i'm i'm certainly going to keep shimakas for that one I'm, I'm confident that he will start that game and i think they've got manchester city then the week after so if i can if i can maneuver it in a way that some of these flags disappear and i can keep shimakas this week then I will be open to maybe moving him out for the Man City game. Just if I don't want the headache every week of of Joe Gomez or someone else playing at left back, then I might just cut ties with him, you know, pretty quickly uh, and move to you know a, a more secure position. Especially when we get into, you know, there's three game weeks in a week coming up after an international break and stuff like that. And you know, Shimakis is someone I probably can't rely on in that scenario when I don't have you know defenders on my bench that I can rely on. So, yeah, 
Um, so no wild card played yet either. And again, it's 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 probably not going to be played this week unless you know if if I've got a lot of flags. But you know, if, if worst case scenario, let's say Cash and Madison were ruled out. If I've got slight concerns over Shimkas, then maybe maybe I would because I don't have bench options. But um, I'm hoping that you know with the European action. Pressers on Friday that things will be looking a lot more rosy uh, closer to the deadline on Saturday. Mm. Well, yeah, let's let's put your game week twelve team uh, on the screen. And the flags was, of course, my next question. Um, you've got a big yellow uh, diagonal sash across your team um, with Cash, uh, Madison, and Harland. Um, how worried are you about those? I mean, I suppose the Harland one. It's not actually. I don't think we need to be as worried as we perhaps feared we might needed to have been uh, at half time uh, in the game because he has been seen training. Madison, I suppose we are waiting on because that was, of course, uh, last night we were recording this on Tuesday. Um, yeah, um, what's what's your thinking with these flags? Or oh, you sort of thought about replacements? Because um, I guess it's you're funny. not first about your defense about your bench. Sorry <laughs> for people to come in. Yeah, it's um, the bench is the bench is extremely weak. It's, it's funny looking at that team as well. I've got that nice diagonal. It's, it's like a game of Connect Four. I just need one more <laughs> yellow flag on the bench, and I can I can win this game. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure one will appear before the end of the week with the European games. But yeah, I haven't honestly haven't given too much thought yet to transfers. Uh, we, we, it's certainly a week for information, um, updates on player niggles and stuff like that. And I think game week 12 for me was always kind of a, a Saka priority week. I swerved him in game week 10 when a lot of people got him for Sheffield United. And I thought then the next window to get him was, was game week 12 for, for the Burnley fixture. And I know Saka's numbers have, haven't been great in the last three games, but there was a couple of difficult opponents in there. And I'm confident as well that, you know, these next four games for Arsenal, will see the likes of Saka back in the point. So I think if a very, what would make my decision very easy this week would be if Madison was ruled out for game week 12, or even if he was a major doubt, it would just be Madison to Saka as a straight swap. And then if Cash was okay and Haaland's okay, then I think I can probably soldier through without having to take a hit. And then, you know, we've got the two-week break, then hopefully a few things will clear up and and then just reassess game week 13. So, yeah, not not giving it too much thought. We'll see see the minutes of the players in Champions League, Europa League and all that kind of stuff. And, may, and you know, see what the likes of Emery says on Matty Cash. It, it's good that Villa have a European game, so that will hopefully help us on the Matty Cash situation. And then Madison was a strange one. Uh, you know, he kind of went down the box. No one, nobody was really near him. And yeah, it was just odd. I was quite surprised to see him come off. So it, obviously there must be something when he did come off. But um, but I'm hopeful that it's that it's that it's minor. And yeah, well, I, I say hopefully that's minor. It actually makes it it does make it easier if he's out. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. And even on Madison to Saka. Because I've got two point one million in the bank, I can actually actually do Madison to Sun, which which is also very tempting. So, I might I might be sitting on Friday night with a decision: do I buy Saka or do I buy Sun? Which which to me is not an easy decision. Mm. Um, and again, it might come down to captaincy because because Saka thinks a, a decent captain this week. Yeah. Well, you've read my mind uh, once again because that was where my next question uh, was going to come from. Before we just. Uh, go to that anyone who wants an update on Madison all we have at the moment uh, from uh, Postcoglu is Madder's got a knock on the ankle we'll just have to see how he is so that is really more of a wait and see the Van de Ven one less positive and we'll talk about that in a minute because he's in my team <laughs> um, but yes um, captaincy then that was where I was going to um, uh, come to next you've currently got the armband on Salah um, and uh, he's at home to Brentford uh, Saka obviously has Burnley at home. Uh, Son is away at Wolves. I guess they're probably the three names you're thinking of and probably a little bit annoying that only one of them is currently in your team. Because I'm guessing Man City away at Chelsea, not really tickling fancy. 
Yeah, and again, I suppose it's this little niggle for Haaland is is on the back of my mind as well. But again, if he if he plays minutes in in midweek, you know that that'll bump him up in my my captaincy thoughts again for a weekend. And I'm certainly not against captaining Haaland in in any fixture, given what he's done so far this season. So certainly Salah, Haaland as well, and like you say, Saka and Son, I think are right up there as candidates this week. And it is annoying that I don't have either player. And again, straight away, the devil on my shoulder. Uh, Mark, player wildcard, get Saka and Son. And then you're much happier with your team. You know, clean up your bench, get rid of any issues. Um, so there's a chance I do it, but not giving wildcard any thought until later in the week until we have more information. So, yeah, I think at the moment on current information, Salah captain is most likely. But if Saka was to come in for Madison, there's a good chance I would go Saka because I prefer the Burnley fixture for Saka than I do the Brentford fixture for Salah. Brentford have been really impressive this season, both going forward and defensively. So I don't think that's an easy fixture for Salah and Liverpool. And Salah's coming off the back of a you know fairly disappointing performance as well. Um, not not that I'm going to read too much into one one game, but yeah, I think Saka versus Salah is a, is a pretty close call for me. And and Haaland will be up there um, come the weekend, I'm sure. And, and I probably should include you know Bowen and Watkins have great fixtures as well. There's quite a lot of captaincy candidates this week, which I think I, I noted down a couple of options yesterday for the for the 59th minute podcast. And I don't think I've ever noted down so many captaincy candidates mm-hmm. in one episode. So uh, hopefully we'll see a bit of a spread at the weekend, which is always good. Yeah, it helps that um, both Chel- uh, sorry both Man City in facing Chelsea and then Liverpool hosting Brentford. But with both of those teams having quite challenging fixtures, it does open things up quite a lot. Uh, for sure. I mean, I was just looking at your team and thinking even Gordon Wet Bournemouth could get you a big haul, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'd be very surprised if he captained him, but certainly there will be people out there who do it, um, you know, for a laugh. <laughs> and it might pay off. So, yeah. yeah. It's not crazy. You know, even even if someone could manoeuvre to get Callum Wilson in, you know, there's another mm-hmm. captain candidate in a, in a good fixture. Wilson and Eddie Howe going back to their <laughs> former club. So, uh very that could true. be an interesting one. Very true. And of course, Callum Wilson still keeps using your trademark celebration and refuses yeah, to pay you yeah. royalties. So. I need to actually experience enjoying one of those salutes <laughs> at one point because I don't think I ever have. Oh yeah, but what what will happen is he'll get a hat trick if you don't get him, and if you do get him, he he will get nothing. That's that's what I anticipate because you've had very bad luck with him specifically. So yeah, it's yeah. uh it's been a, a couple of it's probably four or five seasons of uh, difficulty with Callum Wilson, but um I'm sure it'll come good. We'll make up at some point. Yeah, what we need is for you to both be present at some kind of award ceremony for, for, for just football in general that has a fa- fantasy category and we can get a fantastic Avengers Assemble moment where you come together. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm banking on. That's uh, hopefully, hopefully that will happen. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of hope, um, let's go to my team because I'm losing a lot of hope at the moment. Um, 24 points for me. So it was a red arrow, as I've mentioned uh, before. Not a huge one. Um, so, you know... Um, yeah, I can't complain too much. The reason why I talk about losing hope is that I had a fantastic plan, I thought, for um, playing my wildcard in game week 19. Uh, for those of you who watched the members video from last week, um, I went through kind of how I would build towards that squad in game week 19 uh, with my free transfers between now and then. Now, of course, that was hopeful because things can change in FPL, and that's exactly what I said. And I was like, well, some... You know, flags here and there might cause cause me a few issues. I currently have yellow flag on Flecken. I got a yellow flag on Cash. I got a yellow flag on Madison. Who, weirdly enough, um, when I screenshotted this, Madison and Van der Ven's flags hadn't been added. But I got Madison, Harland, and Van der Ven. And the update on Van der Ven is it's too early, but looking at him, you'd think it's pretty significant. One says Postacoglu. I'd assume he'll be out for a little while. 
because yeah it doesn't look great so that does cause me some problems uh to be honest um in terms of how game week 11 actually went um flecken obviously came off at half time um brentford had already conceded and so he got me zero points because they conceded twice would have been nice for some saves uh Cass, of course um didn't start came on for one point anderson got me five points uh but tyrick mitchell proved to be the palace defender of choice for that one in the end he got booked uh, anderson um, Diaby blanked, got an assist from Matoma. Saka got nothing against Newcastle. Madison one point. Uh, obviously, the uh, Man City players in a six-one win got me three points total. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, Archer scored on my bench, and nobody felt like you know not turning up. So you know, cheers, guys. Um, but the, the thing that I think is the most annoying one and is the most missed opportunity was that a captain Salah, and I was quite happy with having done that. Um, I actually had the captaincy on him all week because I felt there was a great opportunity there. I kind of felt Salah and Haaland kind of had um, the. It was a pretty good chance they'd probably get similar points. They both had really great fixtures, both in relatively decent form. Um, Haaland, Salah more medium term, Haaland more short term. But I just felt that both of them would do well. And bearing in mind that fewer people have Salah, I didn't have Nunez, uh, and I did have Alvarez. It was kind of like I could sort of like. If I captained Haaland, I'd take three players into the Bournemouth game and one into the Luton one. If I captained Salah, I'd take two into each, and it kind of felt like a more even spread opportunity. And so on Saturday night, whilst it hadn't gone very well, I was like, Sunday's going to be a big one. A big Salah haul coming is going to propel me right up there. And then I listened to the game on the radio, and they barely mentioned Salah. And I still can't quite understand what happened. Um, So it it, it feels like a missed opportunity, if I'm honest. Because I feel like I... Yeah, after Saturday night, I felt very smug, privately so. I wouldn't put that anywhere near anything public. And then uh, on Sunday, I was like, mm, okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. No, man, no. It was a funny one because you had the the Salah captain who's very sitting very small going to bed on Saturday night <laughs> and then disappointed on Sunday, and then you had the 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 Son Madison double up or yeah. maybe you know a triple up with Pedro Porro or Adogi. They were feeling very smug Sunday night going to bed and then Monday night disaster as well. So it's uh, it's a hope that kills you in this game, isn't it? Oh, it really is. It really is. And yeah, I now know never again to allow myself to feel smug about anything because <laughs> I thought that was just about as, as much of a banker as you could get, Salah against Luton. But I mean, fair play to the Luton players. They, they, they did play well in that game. Um, but also fair play, of course, to Luis Diaz. Really amazing for him to get that equalising goal with everything he's got going on for him uh, at the moment as well. So I mean, it just like Epil aside, I mean, what a game. Uh, so I did sort of enjoy the football experience, but yeah, unfortunately the FPL one was uh, a little bit, uh, you know, left a lot to be desired really. Um, and what that means for game week 12 is, yeah, a little bit of a mess. My original plan 
Um, well, so I'll, I'll, I'll read through my, my team first as it currently stands um, and then go through it. So um, I currently have Flecken in goal, but I don't actually want to start him. I'll get onto that in a second. Van der Ven, oh well. Uh, Anderson and Cash is the back three uh, at the time of setting the bus team. Then Madison, Diaby, Matoma and Salah is the midfield with Saka, captain. Uh, Haaland and Alvarez up front. Then Turner, Archer, Shimikas and Stupinan on the bench. Now, it's worth saying I have rolled a transfer, so I've got two frees for this one. My original plan without all of these flags, had been to uh, start working on the goalkeepers. Because I've been thinking that I think the next two wildcard opportunities are game week 16 and game week 19, if you want to play the fixtures and wildcard from a position of strength rather than wildcard to mitigate against disaster. that It's either 16 or 19. Because 16 has a really quite violent fixture swing. A little bit like we had one in game week 9. Um, you know, When there's lots of teams who you have been invested in all of a sudden have really bad fixtures and lots of the teams you weren't invested in all of a sudden have good fixtures. Um, but I, w- I was trying to work out, can I build what would in effect be a game week 16 wildcard squad with free transfers between now and then? And it was actually quite doable. And where it started was by changing my goalkeepers this week and next week. And I was looking at this week doing Flecken to uh, Ariola, and then next week doing uh, Turner to Sanchez so that I've got the two goalies I would have on a game week 16 wildcard in already, which means I could then hold off the wildcard and use it in 19 after the blank. So I can maybe sell my Brentford and Man City players and then immediately bring them back. That's kind of the thinking. However, with all these flags everywhere, got a bit of a problem now because Van de Ven, I think I'm going to have to stick him on my bench at least, maybe sell him. The handy thing is I do still have a stupid end. So all... All of my attention this week is going to be, is a Stupinan fit? Because if he is, then I can do a Stupinan, Anderson, and then hopefully Cash is okay at home to Fulham. That can be my back three. And I can deal with selling Van der Ven later because I don't think I'm going to lose much value on him because he's not actually very widely owned. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my sort of transfer plans this week. They were initially going to be quite boring. Um, yeah, I don't know what you think of um, yeah that absolute horror show of flags that you see before you right now, Mark, that is my team. Yeah, it's... Um... It's very interesting, actually, here you mentioned two, you know, potential goalkeeper transfers. It feels it feels like a lot of moves to make in that position. Um, I can understand it though when you want to kind of cover that fixture swing later. You know, Ariola's fixtures are good now, and then you've got Sanchez uh, when, when Chelsea's improve around game sixteen or whatever. But I think in, in that scenario, I'd probably just be looking if you want a new goalkeeper. And you might need one anyway if, if Flecken yeah. has an issue. I've got Flecken and Turner at I would, the moment, so I've got to sell one of them yeah, anyway, really. So yeah. I think I'd probably just be looking to get a set and forget keeper probably for maybe for the foreseeable future, maybe until you do wild card, because chances are you're going to have other issues. It's going to be very difficult to have two luxury transfers to make two goalkeeper transfers over the next couple of game weeks, especially now with, with you know, what ha- just happened yeah. uh, with Van de Ven and stuff like that. So, uh, and how are you feeling about Ariel anyway? You know, he's not really keeping clean sheets. I know the fixtures are good. Are you still willing to go there after? after another disappointing performance from him? I think so, just because of the price. And he will keep probably some clean sheets in a couple of games. And when he does, they'll probably be they'll probably come with extras. So I think he's going to be like a 2, 3, 10, 1, 4, 8 kind of goalkeeper, which at the current price is kind of... like I think that's pretty good value and compared with Flecken and Turner, who've been offering me nothing. Um, that that was the thinking there. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the plans I had have, have largely been torn asunder by all of these injuries. So I will probably... I, I need to see what's going to happen with everybody else. I mean, like if Madison's out and uh, Cash is out, then all of a sudden I've got to start Shimikas at home to Brentford, which 
I don't mind doing from a starting perspective. I personally think he's going to come back into the team. We're going to talk about him in a, in a, in a little bit. Um, so I'll give my, more of my thoughts there. Uh, really, I, I need to know on a stupid hand because a stupid hand being fit at home to Sheffield United would be like incredible and it would you know reward the fact that I've kept him. He's I've had him all season. I've I've kept him through this injury because I've been able to. Um, so that would be really helpful. So it, it it's a very much a, it it depends. Um, and bearing in mind that there's so many of these flags and we don't know the extent of some of them, it's very hard to really work out exactly what my transfer plans would be. I probably need one of Praz's flowcharts <laughs> to work out what the transfers are. I mean, if 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 Cash is out and his Stupinans out, then I've just got Anderson and Shimakas, so I would have to sell probably Van de Ven. Um, I've got some money in the bank, so maybe I can go to a Poro or something because Wolves away, I think, is a perfect fixture for them to come back from. Um, Just to throw another idea to you on the goalkeepers, I've got the fixture ticker open in front of me. I think what I'd be thinking is if you're you're thinking about making two goalkeeper transfers anyway, go Sam Johnston for Everton, Luton, West Ham, Bournemouth. And then when you get to game week 16, when Johnston has Liverpool, if you still want Sanchez at that point, you've got Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves and Crystal Palace. And if my maths is right, if you did that, you'd probably be better off financially. You're, you're thinking about Ariola because he's cheap. Yeah. But if you actually just keep Turner and don't use him, then you're probably better off because you're not going to get two 4.5, 4.6 goalkeepers. So you'll actually have extra cash for the rest of the squad. So just yeah. an alternative route. That's very true. If you wanted to, if you want to do that. I've had a bit of a blind spot to Sam Johnson this year because I've got Anderson. And so I kind of every week go, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need him. Um, and uh, a lot of people have him. And don't have Anderson, so um, you know it's nice to have an alternative. But actually, their defense is looking pretty good. That doubling down on their defense for three of the next four, yeah, and then the West Ham game, I think he'd probably get some saves. That's not bad. There we are. Well, yeah. the, the, the way we, I'm, yeah, that's a good idea. The way I'm thinking about Crystal Palace as well at the moment is I've got Johnson, you've got Anderson, and we've probably doing well out of those. But we're probably going to lose our edge now because a lot of people are going to go to Johnston or Mitchell or Gahey, uh, you know, and. Those who don't have a Crystal Palace defender, for example, Van de Ven, you know, if Cash was out, I think a lot of people go to Palace because they're, you know, they're top of the ticker for the next three or four game weeks. So if we want to continue to benefit from the Palace defence, if they're going to keep keeping clean sheets, we probably need two of them now rather than one. So I'm very open to doubling down. Um with you know, I've got Johnson, he's been he's been a good servant and I do like the cheaper guys, Mitchell and Gay. I'm probably not going to pay for Anderson now. You got on him at a good price, but I'd probably just save the pennies and go go Gahey probably, uh or, or Mitchell. So yeah, Crystal Palace is interesting. They're um they're a team I just kinda trust when they've got a decent fixture. They're a they're a pretty defensively minded team. Hodgson's been around the block, he knows what he's doing. And yeah, certainly open to the to Dublin down now. Yeah, I mean reliable is, is absolutely the word. Um there was a lot of criticism when Hodgson came back, but I'm really pleased to see that it was basically the right decision for them. They've been ticking along really nicely. And it's a good point. Uh, I hadn't thought about what other people would do with the Palace defence, but you are absolutely spot on because I was just having a look at the defenders' point scoring so far this season. And, and quite often, when people are looking for a replacement defender, if they're, there's a lot of people who, and, and I know that people do this because my dad is one of them, will just go to the FPL site, see who's got the most points amongst defenders and just kind of sign who's there if they've been recently kind of popping up on you know highlights reels and things and so uh, the top five scoring FPL defenders so far this year um starting with Trippier who is the most Anderson is the second highest scoring defender uh, Mitchell is the fourth highest scoring defender um Gay is also in the top 10 uh, they're good prices as well and so not that we ever make transfers with this in mind but if I'm being honest I think signing a Crystal Palace defender this week is probably going to be a good idea for your value because 
they are going to get lots of signatures from people and so then i think that's just going to push up their push up their stock um so yeah mitchell is actually the third most signed player this week already so um yeah maybe that's the way to go that that uh, yeah not yeah. Ariola as well i just last you know i said it, i think on last week's show that i was kind of a confident sam johnson owner now for the next three or four weeks going up against the Ariola owners because he hasn't been keeping clean sheets west ham haven't been good defensively and it's you know, a lot of people won't make a goalkeeper transfer. So I feel like, I know it, it could change in the next few weeks because West Ham's fixtures do, you know, improve significantly. You know, it's Forest, Burnley, Crystal Palace next. And, and maybe Ariola does come back in and, and, and score quite well and could even outscore Johnson, who knows. But I feel like, you know, certainly starting last week, I'm, I'm kind of one up on the Ariola owners. And I'm hoping that most people stay on Ariola and West Ham, you know, do continue to to disappoint defensively and that Johnson can can rack up the saves because I feel like it's a nice differential to have. And Ariola is higher, you know, very highly owned, but I don't feel like I would need to get him to protect myself. I feel like it's it's more of an opportunity to actually go against him than it is to be kind of looking towards getting him in. Yeah, just looking at the ownership now, Johnson is only in 4.7% of teams. That is nuts. I had no idea. So he's actually officially a differential because he's less than 5% owned. That is crazy. And then Ariola's 37.1%. So the gap is massive. Wow. Yeah. And again, people have flags elsewhere. So a lot of people are not going to make a, a goalkeeper transfer. You, you're lucky you've got the two frees. Um, so you can actually do it if you want to do it. And uh, that, I think that would be quite high on my list if I was you. You know, Flecking to Johnson, I, I think it's a good move this week. Yeah. So just to clarify on the transfers, uh, it was it was a case of rather than use both free transfers this week to change both goalkeepers, it was to use one of them to change one of them this week. And then all things going well, if there wasn't loads of injuries, etc., then I could use the free transfer to change the other one the following week. Because actually for game week... Um, 13 my team was actually kind of not badly set up kind of anyway and uh, if anyone who's not used planfbl.com um give that a try because you can basically build your team from one game week to the next and build yourself a list of transfers so you can sort of visualize what your team would look like from each week and yeah what what i had was a situation where my game week 13 team didn't really need that much work and i could actually afford to change the substitute goalkeeper uh but yeah certainly the flags are an issue at the moment and it's hard to be definitive about transfers. We just need to wait and see what the latest is. I also will try and hold on to my wild card as well because I think it's going to be more impactful later in the season. The only other thing just to talk about with my team is obviously I've got the captain's armband on Saka. Um, it's it's an easier situation for me than I think it is for Mark because my transfer, my captaincy doesn't really depend on my transfers. And this was one of the reasons why I went Saka for game week uh, 10. Um, I felt like I was a bit unfortunate, to be honest. I got the I got the the Sheffield United score like correct in Super Six. So I you know, and I captained the player from that game who had one shot. So I feel a bit unfortunate, but I just think, yeah, uh, they're going to need to respond. Arsenal against Burnley, it's at home. Uh, it's it's an easy one for me because yeah, like you said, Mark. I think Salah at home to Brentford. Uh, it's not that exciting a captaincy option based on what we've seen recently. So just, I, yeah, just on, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Just no, on but, Saka when you're talking about it. Um, you say it's an easy one. I, I think it's a, an, it, it's the best fixture, I think, against Burnley. But do you have any concerns that it is just one shot in the last three games for Saka? A, a little bit, yeah. But I sort of kind of expect a, a bit of a lift from Arsenal in this one. Um, I know that I've historically been the sort of person that turns around and says, don't captain players based on something needing to change. Um, I think it's not just a case of something needing to change. I think something just will change. I think a home crowd against... Burnley are just... I, yeah, they're, they're just not equipped for the Premier League right now. I think that they don't have the quality of players and I also don't think they have the right tactical mindset. I think Vincent Kompany is a is a good manager who 
to be honest, if he was managing Man City, he probably could have them top of the league because I'm sure he would playing with a higher caliber of players. His style of play suits them. Uh, but it doesn't really suit a set of players that many of them don't have Premier League experience. And it's just too risky. I can just see Arsenal um, really causing them huge problems. Now, if this was a Sean Dyche Burnley side three or four years ago coming to the Emirates Stadium, I would have bigger concerns because they were a team that could stick everyone behind the ball, be very hard to break down away from home and really take kind of strength from every single block, every single save, every single tackle, and use that to build out and build in confidence throughout the game. But this Burnley team doesn't do that. So I don't really know what their game plan is going to be away at the Emirates. They're not going to stick everyone behind the ball. And if they try and play Arsenal at their own game, they're just going to get annihilated. So um, I've just got to hope that what we saw against Sheffield United doesn't happen again. Um and to be perfectly honest, yep. um, like <laughs> any of the other captaincy candidates, I can't really get to probably because I probably will have to spend my transfers sorting something else out. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think it's important to not to lean too much on, you know, what's happened recently. It's more important to look ahead. And yes, it's only one shot from Saka, but it was Chelsea and Newcastle, I think, along with Sheffield United. So that's right. Yeah, it's when, when I look at the members area next week and I look at the, you know, shots and chances created among midfielders, you know, I, I expect Saka, I would predict Saka to be on, you know, three or four shots and two or three chances created in the Burnley game. So yeah, I've got, I don't really have any pause on, on giving the armband this week. If I bring him in, I think there's a, there's a very good chance I might, I might do so. Mm. Yeah, thankfully that decision is easier than some of the other things I've got to sort out with my team, um, which is nice. Uh, unlike last week, uh, last week where I rolled the transfer because I was happy with the team and it was the captaincy that caused the most distress. It's the other way around now uh, in many ways. But speaking of transfers, let's head off to our first order, which of course uh, is uh, related to the timing of those transfers. And we've kind of danced around this issue a lot already. Um, so let's yeah zone in on order number one. Yeah, I know sometimes I feel a bit lazy putting this order in because it, co- <laughs> it comes in a lot of weeks. Um, order number one, don't make your transfers until Friday. But I think this week more so than any week so far this season that it's it's important because there's European games and there's a huge amount of yellow flags. There was a crazy amount of early substitutions among some key players, you know, players getting 60 or 70 minutes. A lot of players only last until half time in game week 11. So Information, I think, is very, very important this week. And we're probably at a point now, you know, heading towards Game Week 12, where the price changes are not crazy during the week. It's not like it was, you know, five or six weeks ago. Things have certainly slowed down a bit. Uh, And I think things probably will be slow this week because not too many people want to log into the website to see their actual (laughs) team. Um, So there probably won't be a huge amount of of transfer activity midweek. So, yeah, just keep it simple. If you haven't made any moves yet... Um, don't do it until we have information on players like Cash and Madison and, and all the others. Um, you know, Flecken. There's a lot of a lot of flags out there, and which is often the case when we get to Friday night. Sometimes they a lot of them disappear after the comments in the pressers, or you know, players turn up on the bench even in Europe uh, to show that they're they're not significantly injured. So, yeah, stay calm, stay patient, let the European games play out, and. It's also a good week to wait until Friday because chances are if you've had a bad game week, you you could be on tilt. You could be, you know, tempted to do something now, early in the week, which you might not do come the end of the week. So just buy yourself a couple of days. I like what Tom said on who got the assist this week. Just if you've had a bad one, put it in the box and don't open the box again until Thursday or Friday. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's great advice for just anything in life, anything disappointing, anything that's frustrating, um, where you could, in theory, react um, with a sort of reactionary approach. I must uh, 
counteract this negativity in my life immediately um, with some kind of you know immediate negative reaction yeah just put it in a box it's great advice just for anything really um, and really compartmentalize dealing with negative experiences you know um, is, is just the best way is the best way and so yeah the great thing is if I'm honest is even though this has been a horrible game week I think doing this show this year more than ever I feel really well equipped to deal with those bad game weeks because we had a couple earlier on in the campaign and we've we've had some really great uh, conversations in terms of how to deal with that and i know that um there's been lots of people we've had some lovely comments people getting in touch and saying hey this has really helped me um uh you know thank you for talking about this kind of thing and it just creates this this fantastic positive cycle of kind of encouragement and resilience um to to stand up to these bad game weeks so that when they happen i don't need i, I don't need any kind of new life experience to, to oh, how do I deal with this? I just already know. I just open the playbook and go, bad game week. Okay, ABC, right, I'll just do those things. Um, and so I'm glad that we had this game week now. If we'd have had this like game week two or game week three, it might have been easier for us to kind of have some reactionary take. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just feel like this show in particular has really just kind of been leading towards this game week so that we've got it done, we've got it out of the way. As you say, put it in the box and deal with it later. So yeah, Friday seems yeah, like a good um- time to do it. I'm really enjoying these as well, and I hope I hope the viewers are also. Um, you know, I, I feel like even just recording this on a Tuesday, it, I always come away from it a little bit calmer. Uh, and and you know, with Joe last week, you were red flagged, and I kind of went into the video with Joe, and I was like, I was all over the place, and then just talking to Joe for an hour, I came away from it, and I was like, you know what? It's pretty clear that this team doesn't need a wild card, and because if I did wild card, I I probably would have scored maybe 24, 25 points, similar to yourself, and then it would have been bad game week then, bad game week on a wild card, and then that's when things start to get dangerous because you've had two bad ones, the wild card's gone, and then you can go full self-destruct mode. So, um, yeah, again, just doing the general's orders last week really, you know, it, it helped me dodge a, a bullet because I could be sitting here in a pretty tricky situation if, if I hadn't have done it last week. Mm, absolutely. Well, um, well, we'll we'll keep on doing it for you, Mark. As we say, it's like a bit of counselling, bit of therapy. Is if it's helping your team, it's keeping we'll... me. I feel like it's keeping <laughs> me on the right path this season. It's keeping me keep me steady. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, hopefully that's uh, the case for other people were tuning in uh, as well. Let us know in the comments how you got on this week, and uh, yeah, if you're tempted to go tilt, or if you're tempted instead just to go and enjoy your life for the next couple of days and come and deal with the problems on Friday. We'd love to hear uh, from you. Um, let's move on to uh, one of our, our favourite parts of the uh, of the show um which is of course uh dad's army uh we uh, weren't able to bring you what happened with my dad's team last week um he got 60 points um last week he um got i think i think he captained bowen i'm just double checking it now uh yeah he captained bowen last time didn't do much for him uh he had uh ferguson on the bench uh he got the points from Burmo. 60 points last week was was just below the average he was a bit uh frustrated with that however however <laughs> He has outscored both me and Mark this week, and I can just see the smile on Mark's face as he's seen this team. 40 points for my dad with the absolute jewel in the crown, that man at centre-back, Nathan Collins. <laughs> 10 points for him, his big hero. I mean, how does you he know, do the funny it? Thing was, the funny thing was when I was watching the, I was watching the highlights back of the Brentford game, and, and when... Collins leaped like a salmon at the back post. I thought of I thought of your dad straight away because he's the only person I know that owns him. And I thought, right, myself and David are in trouble here this week. If if Collins is scoring, he's on for it, on oh. for a big score. And uh 40's, 40's huge this week. It is. So uh he must be he must be feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean Collins has been an incredible signing for him. 0.6% owned, and he scored uh ten points this week, six points in game week ten. 
six points also in game week nine as well. So he, um, I, I can't remember when he signed him. But the, the other great thing about this is you'll remember, of course, that Nathan Collins was the replacement for the esteemed Tim Ream. So <laughs> he's gone from Tim Ream to Nathan Collins and every week it works. I, I don't know how he does it. it, it it's always in defence. It's where he gets his most jammy hauls. Um, he does. Uh, the rest of his team, I mean, he, he, got, he got some points for Bowen. He, he should have captained him this week rather than last week. Uh, Matoma got him something uh, and Burmo as well. Um, so he, he's got a couple of players that people have sold recently, like Son and Burmo. He's still held on to those. Uh, he did captain Harland. He doesn't have Salah. Um, and his bench is looking a bit messy now. Byrne, Ferguson, and Zuma. He did bench Johnston uh, and went with Vicario over um, him. I sort of suspect... I, I'm trying to work out what the thought process was there, if I'm honest, um, because I kind of... When I saw that, I thought, mm, maybe he's just, like, forgotten to set his team because I don't think anyone really... I mean, you know, away at Burnley. Um, but he did make a transfer. He sold Fernandes and he brought in Diaby. So he did something. So I may have to quiz him on that one. It's again, it's he's, very unique. <laughs> the exciting thing for us now is he's got the flags in defence. He's got Zuma and he's got Dan Byrne. So he's 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 been a team Tim Ream owner. He's been a Nathan Collins owner. So I'm extremely excited to see who replaces either Byrne or Zuma. <laughs> Hopefully he makes that transfer this week when he when he logs in and he sees those two flags. He'll get his uh, he'll get his little headlamp on and, and get his. <laughs> all his gadgets out and uh, and unearth the next GM of a probably a 4.5 million or less price defender so uh, yeah very interesting to see who that's going to be owned by less than one percent that that's how, that's how it'll be I mean to be honest he doesn't have I kind of think he might go for a Crystal Palace defender because he'll because he will look at the fact he needs to change his defender he'll then go to as I mentioned before just the list of who's the top scoring defenders he'll see he doesn't have enough money for Anderson he'll spot Mitchell I think I, that's my prediction is he'll do burn to Mitchell uh, and we'll see if I got that one right. The one other thing we do need to mention is that him getting 40 points this week is fantastic news for him in his ambition to win the Church League because he has finally claimed top spot. Uh, so 40 Wait. points for him. The the guy who was previously top got 19 points this week. <laughs> so it really was, uh, you know, a total disaster there. Um, and yeah, that guy had like a ton of flags. He benched Kabore and Palmer. So he did it to himself, really. But thank you very much to a uh, person who shall go unnamed for GDPR reasons. Uh, has now dropped down to second in the Church League. And my dad is currently sitting pretty. He's about 20 points clear now. So in one game week. So that's the difference you can make in one game week, yeah. especially when you're in Nathan Collins. It's all it's all going very nicely. So, um, yeah, we'll be keeping a close eye on the league now to see if he can if he can maintain that. Maybe, maybe that's him now. Maybe he'll just hold them off now for the rest of the season and he'll, he'll romp home to victory. That's what I'm hoping. I, th- I think... Of, uh, yeah, I, I feel like he's in a good place. He's in a good place to do it. I like his team. And yeah, um, he's got a set of uh, fans out there who he doesn't even really know about. So um, he's kind of got a load of people wishing him on, uh, wishing him green arrows. And perhaps maybe that's what's bringing him. That good fortune. He's going to have... Yeah. Um... He's going to have supporters turning up at the church soon if he if he keeps this up. There's going to be uh, extra par- parishioners at the weekends. Oh yeah, just coming to see the famed uh, Mister Monday Senior. They're going to love it. <laughs> turning so, up yeah. in uh, Tim Ream and Nathan Collins mask, sitting in the sitting oh, in the front row. Oh, that's what an incredible idea! I may I may have to do something with that at some kind of Christmas or birthday event. So I'm I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to buy him a Tim Ream Fulham shirt. He'll be like, "Why have you bought me this?" Um, the, good. the only other thing about the Collins one which he probably is a little bit annoyed about is it was actually against West Ham so I may have to be careful if I I'm not going to get him a Nathan Collins shirt yet we'll have to see him do 
do a madness against more than just the hammers. Otherwise, if I buy him a Nathan Collins shirt, it'll be like, this is so... What are you doing? Yeah, horrible. So, yeah, that's the only sad thing for him this week will be that result. But, you know, we don't mind. The Tim Ream and Nathan Collins fans, you keep cheering him on and hopefully he will win the Church League. Let's move on to order number two now, uh, which uh, is about one Liverpool defender who seemed like an opportunity a couple of weeks ago, but very much kicked basically all of us in the teeth this week. So, yeah, what have you got to say about this Greek international? Yeah, order number two is give Shimakus one more week. So I, like many others, brought him in recently. Uh, I know a lot of Game Week 10 wildcarders went there. They got the back-to-back clean sheets. I was late to the party, but I felt like it was a party I needed to join. And I always think it's better to join a party late than never go at all. So obviously hurts you on Trippier, but if we just focus on Shimakus, he got benched, he came on, Gomez played. No clean sheet for Liverpool. But Brentford next, again, probably not the best fixture given the form that the likes of Mbumo are in. But with other issues elsewhere, with an international break coming up, I think if you have Shimakas, you just keep him. You probably play him and hope for the best, unless you've got a, a better pick in your mind that, you know, a better defender on your bench that has maybe higher points potential this week or number one has better, you know, security of minutes than probably find a bench because if you're if you're worried about it if you're worried about another another cameo appearance but i think for the most part we play him and if that allows you to bank a transfer to have two frees after an international break i think that's always sensible and he could still just be a good option you know if he plays against brentford he could score well chance of a clean sheet and obviously takes a few corners and stuff like that as well so at the time of recording before liverpool play midweek I think I'm leaning towards keeping Shimakas and and focusing on other issues. Mm. Yeah, Shimakas, um just to clarify, he he was on my bench, but that was more to do with the fixture than it was to do with um, you know, the the benching because I set my bus team always on around Saturday lunchtime after as soon as the game's open, I'll go in and I'll sort that. And in a world where Van der Ven was well, was fit, Cash was also not injured yet and Anderson, you know, the, I I just had three defenders that had better fixtures than him. So yeah, certainly I I agree completely. Uh, I'm going to be giving him one more week at least. Um, I think he's very much. Gonna, I think he's going to come back in, and I think that the performance against Luton is maybe a reason why. I, I felt that they were kind of missing what he brings to the team. Um, Joe Gomez is not your traditional left back uh, by any stretch. Um, you know, better defender probably because he is a centre back by trade. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they were missing a bit of um, insightfulness on that left-hand side where they're used to having Andrew Robertson. So they've sort of dropped down from him to then Chimicast to then Gomez. Um, you know, obviously the reason for, for the rotation was, was, you know, I'm sure they had full faith in Gomez, but it's just a different type of, of defence. And I, I just think Chimicast will come back in. And I think arguably the performance against Luton actually solidifies Chimicast's place in the team in a world where Robertson's not there because I think they were missing him and they obviously brought him on and wanted him to change the game. So I'm not worried at all. And, and the great thing about his price is is he is rotatable um, versus if you had a you know a Robertson or Trent. It is Man City in game week 13 and hopefully people can bench him outside of that. But then Fulham at home in game week 14, Sheffield United away in game week 15, Crystal Palace away in 16 is actually not a bad fixture because Palace haven't been too high scoring this year, although Eze and Elise are probably going to be back by then. But the Fulham and Sheffield United game especially, being able to rotate in a 4.5 million Liverpool defender, I think is not bad. But of course it is dependent on whether or not he's going to play. But I just think that his place in the team arguably went up based on the nature of Liverpool's result against Luton, so... Yeah, hopefully that's, I do agree. I hope Klopp sees it the same way we do, that you you obviously do probably get a bit more 
defensively sound when Joe Gomez is part of a back four, but you certainly lose something going forward. You know, he's not he's obviously much more natural if he was playing right back, but I think he's certainly lose something if he's if he's on the left side. And yeah, hopefully Klopp sees that and he sticks him back in against Brentford and there's some assists for us to have, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, that's for sure. Because yeah, more of us are kind of probably going to have to start him than we anticipated before some of these injuries. But if you thought you had a bad week, well, try being sunny. <laughs> who uh, has had the lowest game week, I think, of his season so far. Um, Lots of work for Mark to do uh, as a father this week in sort of helping his little boy realise he doesn't have to react um, with negative emotions to a low-scoring FPL game week at the tender age of seven to eight months. Um, What a week for him, eh? (laughs) Talk us through this, team. Yeah, so just 16 points in total for, for Sonny, unfortunately. So... He had, first of all, Allison benched for the clean sheet, so played Ederson, and Ederson let him down. Nothing in defence from Patterson, Dawson, and Emerson. There was two zero-pointers in there. Captain Sonny let him down. Madison, off-injured. Harrison, nothing. Mason Mount subbed in for Richardson and also did nothing. And up front, blanks all round for Wilson, Ferguson, and Odson Edward. And the most frustrating thing for Sonny here is Odson Edward came in last week for Nicholas Jackson because Jackson had been recently rotated, not a secure starter. Odson Edward was a secure starter. So it felt like a good move to remove Jackson and get Edward. Um, Thankfully, like you, Sonny was in bed early last night (laughs) and he still doesn't know that Jackson scored a hat-trick. So I'm probably going to keep that news to myself just to, uh, we don't want to upset him about that. But yeah, a bad game week. And and I think even if he had Jackson, that would have been an extra 15 points if he didn't have Edward, for example. I still would have just about beat him. So I don't um, I don't feel too bad about removing him now. But again, maybe, maybe Jackson needs to come back in now. But there is, I did see a tweet this morning that Richarlison looks like he's going to undergo surgery. So I think a straight swap from Richarlison to Brennan Johnson is certainly on the cards here because I think Johnson could be a good option now if Richarlison's going to miss a few games. But yeah, overall a bad one. But this team's still very much capable of beating me on any given game week. As we've seen, you weren't here last week, but Sonny actually beat me the previous week. He had a, he had a big one. I think it was 72 points. So he went from 72 to 16. So all eyes on game week 12 to see if he can get his third victory of the season. If he could beat me... You know, three times out of twelve, that would be that would be pretty pretty impressive so far. Yeah, twenty five percent success rate for a team that is um, really just based on nothing to do really with the football. It's more just to do with you know etymology and name kind of history. Uh, then yeah, that's that's fair play. I mean, uh, it's, it's very swingy, as you say. It can it can get big points one week and get poor points the next week. The Jackson one that does sting. Um, Hopefully he can come back in at some point because um, he he may well be. There's always kind of like a banter player every season. Darwin Nunez was kind of that guy last year. Uh, we even saw Eden Hazard way back in the day be a bit of a troll. Nicholas Jackson could be the new one. And if he's uh, in and out of the, the Sunny Soldiers, then it's just going to make for maximum editorial and entertainment value. So bring it on is what I say. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just looking at it here. There's there's two million in the bank. So um it could be the, the Odson Edward move could be reversed, but I, I think the more pressing matter is midfield. Um, Edson, Edward's fine because he's got good fixtures. Wilson and Ferguson are fine as well. They're good picks at the moment. Uh, Ferguson's got two good fixtures. So, yeah, I think Richardson to, to Brennan Johnson is, is the way to go here. As soon as I've seen that Richardson news today, I, I updated my watch list on Monday 
after the Tottenham game, but I went in again on Tuesday and just added Johnson because I do think he, he could emerge now as a, a very interesting cheap FPL pick. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Did very well at Forest. He's uh, doing quite well as a sub before Spurs. So, yeah. But speaking of those of you playing FPL more normally, let's get back to our final order this week, um, which involves, uh, I believe, um, one North London club that didn't get thrashed at home on Monday night. Yeah, order number three is target Arsenal with your transfers this week. So when it does come to Friday night or Saturday morning and you're looking to bring in players, Arsenal should be right at the top of your list because it's Burnley, Brentford, Wolves and Luton in the next four games. So if you're like me and you don't have too many assets, I've only got Gabriel, then the likes of Saka, Martinelli, maybe even Odegaard, depending on a fitness update later in the week. And Inketia is very interesting as well at home to Burnley. I've got Gabriel. He's still a good pick, in my opinion. A lot of people will be too afraid to go there, and maybe rightly so, given the roller coaster of his season. So if you've got a little bit of extra cash, you could go Saliba just for a, an extra bit of security there. I, I'm, I'm actually, I talked about doubling down on the Crystal Palace defence. I'm also open to doubling down on the Arsenal defence, uh, adding Saliba alongside Gabriel if Matty Cash was to miss out. So that's something that is on my mind as well. So yeah, Sack is right up there as a priority. Martinelli's a nice differential and as is in Ketia, as Pras found out last week. So um, I don't think Pras will be the only owner of Nketiah this week. Something tells me. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I was just actually looking at Arsenal's fixtures just there and you were talking about Gabriel. Gabriel could also be a good... We talked about Palace maybe being somewhere to go for people looking for a replacement for cash. Uh, or Van de Ven, for those of you out there. Me and, you know, Van de Ven's mum. The only two people who own him. Um, if you're looking for replacements in that price bracket, which many of us may well be, um, Arsenal's not a bad shout. Because, yeah, three of the next four are very startable and very good for clean sheet potential. Burnley at home. Brentford away, 13's not amazing. So having a Gabriel who's priced at rotatable price, I would say. For 13, it's not awful. But then it's Wolves at home in, in game with 14, and they could still be without Neto by then. Uh, Luton away in game with 15. So some good fixtures for Arsenal. Um, and I think Crystal Palace were three great fixtures from the next four. Arsenal are as well. Um, and so um, being actually in both of those camps could be really beneficial. Uh, going up against some defences that could be short of starting defenders. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about your team again. David, you don't have Arsenal defensive cover at the I moment, do you? That's right. That's correct. Yeah. What does David Raya tempt you at all in your goalkeeper scenario? Um, not completely. I, I've actually had lots of conversations about Raya this season with my best mate, who's an Arsenal fan, who felt very bad for Ramsdale when he came in because he's a big Ramsdale fan. Um, me and him looked at some of the numbers. Um, we both got fantasy football scout membership. Little plug there, of course. Uh, and we looked at uh, Raya um, and how he got on at Brentford and how he, in theory, should be able to improve every part of the Arsenal defence because his, his save percentage last season was better. His distribution was better than than Ramsdale's last season. So, in theory, should have been an upgrade however um my best mate is not the only arsenal fan who is a little bit sort of like hmm they've got some question marks about him now which i guess comes as no surprise because actually raya's beginning of his brentford career was a bit chaotic if you're a fulham fan you will absolutely remember how you got promoted <laughs> it was very much down to david raya um being caught short and joe Bryan scoring that goal so he has in his locker the ability for some kind of high profile mistakes and we've seen a couple of those recently my understanding from those who are watching Arsenal on a regular basis is that there are times when he's getting a little bit lucky and he should be getting punished by uh, attackers a little bit more. So I know that's not so much an FPL discussion, but I guess it bleeds into FPL because 
part of me just thinks there's a little bit of um, discontent amongst the Arsenal fans about Raya. And some calling for Ramsdale to come back. And it's has Arteta noticed that? Does he pay attention? I mean, I'm sure his decision would never be influenced by fan opinion. But obviously, fan opinion is based on what fans are seeing. And Arteta, of course, will be seeing the same. So I'm I'm still a bit nervous about the Arsenal goalkeeper position. I think I would be, feel a bit more comfortable um, going into the into the defence area. And so actually getting... Oh, I've got two free transfers this week. And if it ends up that I have to use them both to fix my defence, I do actually think that Flecken to Johnston still stands because Johnston, I think, is, is pretty much nailed on that because I think Henderson's still injured. And then maybe Van der Ven to a Gabriel. That feels safer than going for an Arsenal goalkeeper. So yeah, probably just a bit of a tangent there. But um, I've just found my discussions with those who support Arsenal this season on the goalkeeper situation has been really quite interesting. Um, to be yeah, honest. I'm in total agreement there. You know, um, I don't think David Raya's first few Arsenal games have been fantastic. And I just think back to when he when he signed and people were asking Arteta about, you know, the goalkeeper situation. And he just said, I've got two great goalkeepers. So it could happen at any time. Ramsdale could get a game at any time. And I don't think any of us would be surprised. I just find it really hard to see Ramsdale sit on the bench all season for every single Premier League game. Um, I still rate him quite highly. And I don't think there's a huge amount between himself and Raya at the moment. You know, Maybe before the season, I would have thought, yes, Raya is an upgrade. But on recent performances, I think you can't really make that argument. So, yeah, I think he'd be right to probably swear that. And obviously, would have been easier to get Raya if Turner still had his place. And now that that's gone as well, you don't have an insurance policy, so probably best avoided. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how things progress. Uh, I mean, it'd be really nice, to be honest, if they were both priced in such a way you could have both of them, because then you knew you'd get one of them. But yeah, unfortunately, it's not like um, Iverson and Ward from, from last season, unfortunately. Uh, Ward, amazing. just sent a shiver through me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Little bit of a disclaimer. If I've caused you any PTSD, if you're watching this from saying those two names, I fully apologise. And it was my fault, not the fault of Fantasy Football Scout. Um, but yeah, but... No, but yeah, kind of in a roundabout sort of way. I think because I already have Saka, when you say target Arsenal players, that sort of chimes with what I've been thinking about defence. Defence is really where I'm looking at. And I feel pleased that I have Saka already because it allows me to focus on potentially their defence with my transfers rather than if I didn't have Saka and I didn't have an Arsenal defender, I would probably feel like Saka was the priority there. Um, I think this it's is interesting. Be we're, we're pretty aligned. Um, you're thinking about buying... Johnston and Gabriel, who I already own, and I'm thinking about buying Saka, who you already own. So our teams are going to maybe morph into each other soon. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been really nice, to be honest, this season for them to be a bit different and it still works. So, um, yeah, maybe we were always destined to end up with the same team. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see how things uh, progress uh, this week. As you say, a lot is going to depend on that injury news. So do keep an eye out for that. Now, of course, a uh, few days left till um, the Saturday deadline. So if you haven't already sorted out your membership, we've talked about a couple of the benefits in this video, as we always do. Um, 20% off, uh, still available at discount price. And so, yeah, all sorts of good stuff that's going to help you prepare best for uh, game week 12. Now, if you've also uh, like this video then uh, please uh, like this video <laughs> uh, by uh, hitting the button uh, on uh, on YouTube of course uh, and subscribe to the channel um, all of those things completely free and they are really really beneficial for us as a channel hit the bell notification as well and then you won't miss uh, any of the videos uh, at all we've got some uh, got the international break coming up and if you um, enjoy being able to still have some discussions about FBL a lot of the videos are not uh, scheduled around matches so sometimes it can be a bit difficult to know exactly when all of your favorite shows are going to be on that notification button is going to help you get notifications of when they've gone live 
um, it's especially helpful when there's an international break. So do consider hitting that button as well. That's all the housekeeping that I've got. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to add, Mark, um, yeah, let us know. No, that's it. Again, just to echo, stay calm, enjoy the Champions League games and, uh, and come back with a fresh head at the end of the week. Absolutely. Well, uh, with that, we shall leave you fine folks to enjoy that few days compartmentalizing the negative emotions. Uh, and we will see you um, later in the week when we start making those big decisions. So we'll see you next time. Bye.